Hello and welcome to episode number six, part two of the Miserable Metal Mind podcast, a Christmas special. This is a podcast where myself, Thrash Tash Bolton, and Paul the Machine Hutchins try to cheer up Simon, the Miserable Metal Mind, with recent metal music. This is the second part of our Christmas Top 5 selection. We are joined by the legendary Monster Shop podcast. Last time we did myself's and Chris's from the Monster Shop's Top 5, and this time we will take a look at Paul, the Miserable Metal Mind, and Neil from Monster Shop's Top 5s. Plus, Chris's number one, which was lost in the podcast ether from our last recording. <laughs> but first of all, Merry Christmas, everybody, and how are we? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We're good. We're cold, aren't we? It's, it's 11, cold. It's 11 degrees in here. Yep. It's too cold. That's warm. Wow. Yeah. The it, 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 yeah, on. Yeah. It's gone to 12 yet. It's almost big coat. It's a heat wave. We've gone to 12. <laughs> big coat weather. It's, yeah. a, it's a heat wave around here. <laughs> <laughs> you're not that much further. Up at Wigan. You're not that much further north than we are, are you? No, no. Well, just that much tougher. <laughs> <laughs> we do Did you just there. say that? <laughs> it's true. We do wind a lot, don't we? No. <laughs> no, we don't. A lot of whinging. We've got a show based on that. <laughs> you do, yeah. You've turned it into an art form. <laughs> turned it into an art form. <laughs> yeah, we've been. Yeah, been all right this yeah. year. Have you guys been all right? Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Great yep, Christmas. Good. Yep. Just got over the cold. We're almost fighting fit, so I might even start doing some exercise next week. Oh, get in! Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it, but that's the first step. <laughs> Any any New Year's resolutions? I hate New Year's resolutions. Anyone... Yeah, I, no. I don't. Uh... I, no, I don't. Try and be more miserable. Try and be more miserable. Ooh, Is there a scale? Yeah. How do you measure miserableness? No idea. No idea. But I'm going to try Who, and just. Who's your benchmark? Down, down, down. Who's your benchmark? What for being miserable? A jack. Yeah. Would you want to? <laughs> um. That's a good. That's a good question. Is it from like know. the Grinch all the way up to Morrissey? I is I, the... I like. I saw... <laughs> is is Morrissey miserable or just depressing? <coughs> or is they just go hand in hand? <laughs> There's a brilliant clip I saw by, this week with Jack all, D. Oh, sorry, mate. Oh, so there was a brilliant clip with Jack D. And he says, I, and they were all talking about Christmas. And he said, I, I love Christmas. And they were saying, Well, you're really miserable. What do you like about Christmas? And he said, Well, at Christmas, everybody's so merry. And it's so much easier to bring them down. (laughs) 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 And I liked that. I do like Jack D's. I liked it. I saw him live, actually. Did you? Yeah. Did you touch him? No, I didn't touch him. Weren't that close. But he was very good. Very Mm. funny. I bet you wanted to touch him. I wanted to touch him. Yeah. What did he smell like? Um, uh, (laughs) What's what's that stuff called? Lavender. Lavender? Lavender? Yeah. It wouldn't have been... smelled like lavender. Wouldn't have, have made that up. Wouldn't have expected that. <laughs> well, if it was recently washed, I think. Lot. <laughs> Shall we go on with something? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Let's get on. So yes, the last podcast we finished on just before Chris's number one. So we will uh, yeah start with Tesseract. Tesseract, the War of Being. Yeah. Oh well. Well, where where do you start? We start. At the beginning of a 13 and a half minute epic, don't you? That's where you start. Um, the thing with that for me is that um, Tesseract were a band that for a long time I'd wanted to 
I'd wanted to understand a bit better than I did. They were proggy. They were good. They were all very technical musicians. And I really wanted to like it. There were a lot of people that said, you should really listen to Tesseract. You know, this is a band that you will love. And I listened to it and went, yeah, it's all, it's all right. But nothing really grasped me, you know, like wholesale. And then, and then this thing came along and absolutely blew my head off. It was absolutely amazing. Um, from start to finish, the record was a journey all the way through. It was the, the first thing I heard was the single itself um, of the, you know, the, the, the name of the title of the band, of the album. And then from, from there, it, it, you know, I just, I just got, got more and more into that. And then the album dropped and it was just, just that really. It was like the sleep token thing for me. It was just a journey all the way through from start to finish. I remember you, you where you'd gone and you were playing a wedding or something that was like in a, in a different country and you'd <laughs> driven there and you, you were, and I remember you, you, you driven back at like three in the morning That's or whatever. That's right. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. I saw you the next day and you were like, I just listened to Tesseract on, on repeat. And then <laughs> it was really, you were just like, I, I, I get it though. I absolutely love them. Yeah. 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 It's it, weird, isn't it? I yeah. think where it's, you know, some, sometimes like, I, I've always really liked Tesseract, but again, similarly, there's nothing that's really grabbed me and I've thought it's got, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. Um, but I, again, I really fell in love with this album. Um, you know, they're from Milton Keynes, which is a bit weird. <laughs> but, Why is that weird? Have you, have you been to Milton Keynes? <laughs> I have, I have. It's a weird, you, it's not a metal. It just isn't, it shouldn't sound like, the Milton Keynes does not sound like that. It's, you know, some places you think, you know, like, like Birmingham, you always sounds like Black Sabbath, and that you know you've got. There are some places where you think that you know the bands and their music from there, like Manchester. You kind of think, I know what Manchester sounds like. You yep. don't expect Milton Keynes. Oh, they are Marshall based in Milton Keynes. Yeah, they are. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 they are. But yeah, no, I really like this album as well. I thought it was really cool, and um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's there is a um, yes yeah, a certain shift in their sound. I think from previous albums, but yeah, they, they, it's just tesseract but a, a bit better than uh previous albums i think mm. i really like it i used to listen to uh, altered state quite a bit oh, oh yeah yeah, um, yeah like um not, i'm not a massive fan but that that album did actually grab me um i saw them at the sonosphere and that that kind of uh pulled me in as well yeah they were very very good but yeah i don't mind this album it's not exactly my kind of thing but yeah i, I yeah quite like it you've got to appreciate the talent that's in there Definitely, I think there they, there is a lot of um, there's a lot of twiddling. <laughs> the kind of um, it reminds me a little bit like um, you know Porcupine Tree. Steve Wilson will do this yeah. stuff where where there's just some incredibly mm. clever bits in there, yeah. and I think sometimes it's clever for clever sake. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and sometimes it adds to yeah, the, the song. Yeah. I think we spoke on the last show when we talked. I don't know whether one of the bits that got cut, but I think we were talking about Tool. And the way they do the same kind of stuff, I think, but it's, it's like a more melodic edge to to it, a little more melodic style to what they've got. But um, I think there's a limit to how um, you can push that cleverness too far and then it just becomes like twiddling. Yeah, you see, the other thing is, I, I, I yeah. speak about this on the show quite a lot when we talk about music, but I love the music that I don't understand. So <laughs> yeah, there's like, the, the stuff where I can, you know, I'll pick up our chord sequences and understand the production and understand everything that's going on and, it kind of takes away a little bit of that magic of of just experiencing music for the sake of experiencing music. And when you get something like this where it's it's actually, you know, you're not sitting there counting the beats in the bar and thinking about phrases and thinking about keys and signatures and all that, and you can just roll with it. I think that's something something for me that, that I really love. Do you do that with all albums as well, Chris? I can't help it. It's a, yeah, because I... Look at it from that angle. Yeah, yeah I kind of, because I write stuff and listen to stuff, I'm constantly listening to it with a 
almost uh um yeah like a, the 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 year that I listen to it to isn't one for entertainment it's for it's for kind of picking it apart yeah and, you know all that analytical that's yeah. it that's the word I was thinking of so what about you Paul what are your thoughts on Tesseract um I think I said last time it's it's really interesting this album but the one thing I'll say is that since I played it I haven't gone back to it um and I think I talked about it last time, the fact that I'd seen them live a few years ago and they they weren't particularly exciting for me. Having said that, this is an album that I was quite comfortable <laughs> quite comfortable um listening to. I although I might change my mind after the mug I've just seen. Um, <laughs> um yeah, it was it was it was fine, but not an album that I've gone back to. So I'm, I would be quite happy to listen to it again. And I think they're one of those bands that I think, um, as Chris said, you might need to give a little bit more time to to really get into. But I've got a confession about that, which I'll come to later mm. on. Oh, you can't you can't leave on a cliffhanger like that. Yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> you can and I have. <laughs> so come on, Simon. What are your thoughts then? Uh, I mean, again, like a lot of the bands we've heard, they're, they're very good musicians, very good at what they do, putting it together. Um, it's almost like it's a mood piece type of band where you'd have like an art installation and this music would be playing along to it with lights and pictures and, you know, something that someone's created along and this is the music they want to go along with the art that they've created to, do you know what I mean? You'd, you'd walk into a museum or an art gallery and you'd see this thing and the music would be playing behind it with all the lights coming and the changing of imagery and everything like that. And that's the type of thing that this sounds like to me. Um, having said that, I, I think before, it, it's just boring to me. <clears throat> I was bored throughout it and it's not necessarily... The, the band's fault is just uh, you know I like things to sing along to and I don't think there's anything in this where you can sing along to it I get why people would like it but um, yeah I was just I was just bored and I think that's one of the biggest sins of all I think we for me no, that's the same. yeah we did talk about this last time didn't we I think where because um, you, yeah. you're a big Tool fan and it's really like for me Tool and Tesseract and lots of these kind of proggy bands you think like musically yeah but ly- like musically probably there's some, a lot of similarities, right? But but like the mm-hmm. vocals are, are radically different, and the way they they deal with, with yeah. vocals, so that's really interesting. That and, and I guess you know that's very much like you say that's very much in a personal taste, right? It's like, it, you know you 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 want something to sing along to. I guess it's probably more how it makes you feel, right? I think Tesseract is like a yeah. a thing to experience, right? Like a I don't know, like a a dark side of the moon kind of thing, right? Where you you it's kind of this piece that you experience right but you're probably not going to turn it up to 11 and sing your heart out to it in the car right but um yeah you know uh the, the a lot of the the kind of the uh, i guess some of the tool not all of the tools but some of the tools so actually there are bits in there where you can right there are bits in there where there, there are really clear bits you can you can have a go-to in the car right and have a sing i love singing stuff in the car mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do yeah as well. i mean i I, I I do tend to focus. I mean, like Chris was saying before, is he looks at structures of the songs because he writes songs, he plays guitar and everything like that. And I always think that if if like for me it's the drummer, if the drummer like 
takes me, you know, tickles me fancy from the off, and I can see myself playing the drums in that band, then I usually tend to warm to the band yeah. a lot more. And I think Chris might be the same if he if he hears like certain bits of guitar where he can he think oh, I like that bit of guitar or I can pl- I think I could play that. It sounds quite simple. It's a good riff and you get along with it. Then you kind of get into the band and the album. It's like a way in. Yeah, that's interesting. Some some things catch you. Some things catch you straight away. But for, for me, if, if the drumming like hits me straight away, then I'm kind of like, oh yeah, this is all. Right. I can sit through sit through this and if i like it i like it from there mm. on the see. drumming on that tesseract album is chaotic it, <laughs> it really is not i think um, he's won yeah. an award for it has he yeah there's been well, some like, award that he was <laughs> just like, imagine mo- like, most complex drums ever or something <laughs> like <laughs> best, best who who gives out that award where did that award? Best i can't remember i saw ever. it online i have to find i have to dig it out and send it. it yeah proper proper teacher best <laughs> best best drummer in tesseract award. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> best drum beat ever i like it do you know we 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 recorded a um a show early before we did this one and we on there we play sanitarium mm. and it kind of hit me i know lars gets a massive amount of abuse or being like a terrible drummer, not good enough drummer, blah, 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 blah. But listening to his drumming on that album, it's, yeah. you know, and Sanitarium's a brilliant example of that. It's brilliant. Absolutely it's brilliant. 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 Yep. Yeah. Completely agree. I think the people who like to slag Lars off don't play drums. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Oh, they say... And, and no, he's, had to, he's had to change his style as he's yeah, got he older. Has. He's had to change he his style and the way he's playing... He doesn't play certain songs the way he used to play them. Well, he's getting older. I mean, he's been doing it for 40, 40 what, 42, 43 years now? Yeah, he's done, a, he's done all right. He, professionally, yes, he has yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's done all right, hasn't he? I mean, he's not done that he's, bad, he's the, drummer, he? the drummer in Metallica. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, he's done all right. <laughs> did, yeah, you, yeah. did any of you see the clips from Download? Because that blew me. I've seen, I've uh, seen Metallica. I've shot Metallica. I've, you know, on on with a camera. Many to, yeah, with a camera. On, I've, been, I've, <laughs> yeah. I've seen them on quite a few different things. And we know Noel. Noel used to do stuff with Metallica for their for their um, uh, live show and stuff. You know, he was kind of production manager and stuff. Um, and they've always blown me away. They've always been phenomenal live. They're just like almost a machine, right? You this this whole thing they kind of roll out and they're just brilliant. Um, but if you if you haven't seen it, go and get the. Um, like this, a bunch of different like camera camera shots of um, the, the the first night, I think it was, and it's awful. The drumming's really, really poor, really, really poor. Um, and it, but, but is is that him or is that the sound? If you're on, are they on stage? I with don't him? know. It's it's. I mean, every, every, everyone has a bad night, you know. I have. <laughs> I've, I've gone out and I've gone out and done gigs where I'm thinking I'm fucking shocking tonight. I've not done any drum fills. I've just tried to keep it like as simple as possible just keep that beat and i'm not getting into anything complex yeah. here or anything just trying fuck everything else off and just get through the night i don't know but it's, it's it's worth going and having a look because they are a band that there are some bands that are just i don't know just phenomenal live and metallica for me have always been one of those yeah. bands right I, I wouldn't even you know whenever you see people say oh they're crap crap live crap live. i went to see them and they were crap and you just think oh you're an idiot i don't even have to hear I've seen them enough times yeah, yeah. with my own yeah. ears and my own eyes. I know that they're phenomenal, um, but that that footage from download is super weird. I mean, really, really weird. Yeah. Um, it's worth taking a look because they dubbed it. They overdubbed it back. You know the because um, they they re released some of those live tracks on download, um, yeah. and you, they've clearly changed the drum tracks, um, which is 
Yeah, well, they they, they record every night, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they can just they can just put drums from Thursday night over Saturday nights when they put. It yeah, I suppose. Yeah. In some cases, bands do it live there and then. If you've got if you've got a band of five singers and one of them's having a bad night, then they'll play last week's track over it, so you don't know they're singing live. That's why they play to a click track. Yeah, there was a big thing about exactly. Kiss about that, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, with yeah, Kiss yeah, yeah. Uh, performing yeah. to backing track. And, and yeah. Motley Crue. Yeah. Are we going to do a new album? Is everyone yeah. who's excited for a new Motley Crue album? No, not, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Wasn't excited for the first one, let alone I like, the 15. I see, I loved those first. You know, the, like Dr. Feelgood. I think Dr. Feelgood is just one of those kind of best sleazy album i think it's brilliant production exactly what it should be right it's whether you like that style or not but i just think it's a fantastic album um and then i don't know like now like vince can't sing nikki six isn't playing live and the the guitarist isn't mick Mick mars has been fighting yeah well he's the thing is mick mars (laughs) mick mars has done solo work which is i think it's really cool right he's doing some really cool solo work and um but the rest of motley crew i just i don't think anyone cares anymore no it's not that no one tommy lee's an embarrassment well it's not that no one cares about motley crew anymore i just think no one wants those old people to play do you know what i mean that's not you can't go singing yeah. about you know getting on your motorbike and going and getting 18 year old girls when you're 80 i think i don't think you can do that <laughs> and no one wants to hear you but it's not stop the rolling <laughs> well, no one wants to hear you sing about your zimmer frame do they so what? i don't get it no. anyone anyone that goes to see motley crew isn't going to want to hear a new song are they exactly no, that's, that, 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 no, that's exactly yeah, yeah. true exactly yeah. and we yeah. They're just going to want to hear everything from 1982 to 1985. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you know they exactly. don't want to hear. They don't want to hear anything that John Karabi ever sang because <laughs> it was even worse than what Vince Neil sang on. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I like Vince. <laughs> and, and, and if there's your barometer for being miserable, well, there's your barometer for shite. Isn't it? <laughs> I always like Karabi. He just didn't fit. I don't think he. I don't think he fitted. He didn't sound like Motley Crue, did it? So it was a really weird thing. But you know, it's made me think back to we we had Joe Elliott on the show way earlier back in the year, and he was saying exactly the same thing. He said you have to play to your audience, and you know, he was really really switched on like I said our audience want 1987 they want hysteria and they want a few tracks either side of that right um so there are some newer tracks that we think are much better and we love to play them so we add them in um but w- we know people are not paying you know 40 50 60 dollars a ticket when we're out there to come and listen to you know these album tracks that we've done recently right they want that whole album they want all of those big singles that we that we did in the in the late 80s so um, yeah that's what we give them mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The difference with Jack everyone Eppen, goes all they've, got, they've got five different singers, four of whom can sing better than the lead singer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, if you, if you haven't listened to Joe Elliott, he talks about that. He's always he's really open to to that. I think he's. Um, yeah. But yeah, they yeah they're they're a fantastic band. I think as well, it was interesting seeing them on tour with. I know some of the production crew are with uh, Def Leppard, and uh, they they were messaging uh, during that tour uh, with Motley Crue. Um, you know, the way Def Leppard go about their tours and they go about their business is radically different to the way Motley Crue do theirs. Um, it's fantastic. I love the fact that um, um, Phil Collin takes his, he takes a, a physical, um, he takes his fitness instructor with him. Wow. Um, and, you know, the whole beat. And then you, there's like him who still looks, I mean, he just looks like a man. He's just like ripped, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God knows how old he is. And then you've got... Um, you know, you've got Vince. It's not. Yeah, you've got this kind of the clashing <laughs> clash of cultures, I think, between the two bands. But apparently, they get on really well. 
so so um, so I was told. Anyway, what what what's going on next? <laughs> <laughs> We've got off piece there, haven't we? Yeah, they're the best things to do. <laughs> our entire show is built on that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Right, so yeah, so that's yeah, that's, that's Chris's number one now done. So we will do Paul's and Neil's for Monster Shops top five. Paul, do you want to go first, Paul? I can do. I don't mind. I I've still got it written down in the wrong order. Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> you went number five. After this number five, Paul. Time right. held me grey okay. and dying. Time held me grey and dying. Ofness. So. My five, my five picks. You'll have noticed, and I mentioned this, so we're going to keep saying we mentioned it last time. Yeah, yeah. To do that, but four of the five bands that I have picked are newer British bands. There's only one American band in this, and having reviewed 310 albums wow. this year, wow. On top of what else I've listened to, I could have given you 15 different top fives. So I'm not saying these are my top five of the year they're the top five i picked up is that time. you saying you've cha- is this- that you saying you've changed your mind since you wrote this like a month, <laughs> a month or so ago because i did when i looked when i looked at my list i was like probably. i was like i'm not sure i wouldn't pick the same yeah. five if you asked me today <laughs> yeah probably i've had to do top tens for three different sites and they're all different <laughs> uh, <laughs> the sites i write for of this atmospheric black metal from south wales it's a debut for a band formed from members of a grown up black fire democritus etc we're all south wales bands so i obviously have a friendship with them i know all of all the musicians in them but i also do like a bit of atmospheric black metal from time to time i'm not a huge black metal fan but i do um like the occasional bit now and again and this was um just for me, it was a it was a it was a new album. It had been put together during the pandemic and uh, in the last couple of years. The guys are all still well. Most people are relatively young compared to me, but they are <laughs> much younger than me. I could be their father for most wow. of them, which is quite depressing. Um, they played at Bloodstock this year. They put on a really good show, um, and yeah, that, that that's my number five. Simple as that. I like it, and I like a bit of black metal. There you go. <laughs> Uh, the production seems a bit thin, but I think that's a bit of um, intentional, I believe, possibly. It sound, sounds a bit ghostly, sounds a bit... Uh, but yeah, I quite like it. Uh, and I'm going to go to see him in the summer. So I'm very happy about that also. Oh, where are you seeing them? Where are they playing? It's probably budget, budgetary. Uh, the what, sorry? The production is probably budgetary. Do you reckon it's not... Right. Right. They probably haven't got that. I know these guys haven't got that much money, so it'll be what they could have got. Need some, need some plugins. Yeah. Need more plugins. More plugins. <laughs> That's what everyone needs. Yeah, I'm not saying it sounds bad. I was just saying, it, yeah, it does sound a bit, I don't know. I'm moving my hand, and if you're listening to this, you won't make sense. Hand-waving. But, uh, hand-waving, yeah. What do you guys think, Monster Shop? I, do you know, I, I quite liked it. I, I struggle a little bit. I don't, I don't think I understand uh, kind of, black metal doom metal gloom metal kind of all runs together for me a little bit it's got it's not it's not something i would i would choose to it's not an area of metal i would kind of you know really choose to to dig into having said that i did really like it it's a little bit too gloomy in places but um i think there was a, a couple of tracks i really liked there was the endless gray that i liked grains of sand and echoes um which really stood out to me on this um i didn't mind the production to be honest i thought it was all right i think mm. um i but but having said that i am I think I'm reacting negatively. I think to these kind of uber processed metal bands that are there. You know that kind of tr- mm-hmm. that, you know, that trivium sound, right? Where it's just 
perfect. Like there's just there's not a single thing out of place. It's absolutely perfect. It's like as loud as it can possibly be with you know within a hair's width of clipping. Um and I don't know, there's something about metal that I like. I kind of like it to sound a little bit low five that makes sense. Or I don't want it to sound I don't know. I don't want I don't want Bob Rock in all of my metal. I kind of want him to leave my bit mm-hmm. alone. Like I kind of and I like I kind of I, I don't for me I quite liked it. I, I thought the 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 production um endeared to me a little bit I think. But yeah, it was it was it was cool. Quite liked it. Um yeah, same for me. I think anything that sounds like it's from the woods. <laughs> you love all that, don't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, I like all that. Anything that sounds like it's the Welsh woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like all that sort of stuff. Um again with me it was the endless grey. That was the one for me. Um uh fantastic. Um and I don't know, it's my I suppose my limited understanding of of the genre, but things like Opeth and things like that, I got a bit of a vibe of that sort of stuff. Um but a lot a lot more like doomy and gloomy and pads and things like that. Yeah. So here we go. I hesitate to do this because I'm pretty sure we all know what Simon thinks. <laughs> awful. <laughs> Absolutely awful. Beginning to end. In fact, I don't even understand why it's on the top five. It wouldn't. It wouldn't make my top fifty thousand. Um, I, I wish you'd have had a, another think about it, Paul. If I'm honest, because it's, fucking, it's horrible. It's horrible. Every single second of it. Just fucking terrible. <laughs> I will just say what you mean, mate. I was going to say, know. yeah, there's, there's some there's some doubt yeah. in there. I think you liked a little it, bit of it. There, there, there wasn't there wasn't one bit of it. Just shit. <laughs> From what, every single minute of every single track, shit. Uh, you're not a fan of this kind of thing, are you? I've... No, I mean fucking hell. I'm, I'm banging me against the wall when you sit, call it atmospheric black metal. <laughs> How many fucking genres do we need? <laughs> Now we've got atmospheric black metal. All of them. Welsh. It's Fucking Welsh hell. atmospheric black metal. Unbelievable. Welsh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's Welsh, Welsh atmospheric, atmospheric black metal. metal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Sam, yeah. it's very well, important. Well, like Wales, like Wales, it, it's as fucking damp as Wales, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's, that's what makes it beautiful. That's what makes it beautiful, Wales. All the rain. Maybe maybe that's what the genre well, should be. It should be rain. called Welsh damp. Yeah. Welsh damp. Welsh damp. Yeah. Hey. Atm- atmospheric Welsh damp metal. <laughs> I'll tell them on Saturday when I see them. <laughs> you tell them. <laughs> you tell send them, them round. Right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Neil, you're number five, please. Pat. Oh, uh, 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 let me get my list. Hang on. Um, oh, yeah, everyone loved this one, as I remember. Um, so this is yes. End yeah. the Sin of Human Frailty. <laughs> um, this is at that crossover for me with hardcore and metal. They're at the really extreme fringes of it. I, for, for me, this is kind of... I'm sure there are more extreme bands than this, but this is kind of at that edge where um, I, I like th- this would represent the extreme extreme for me of music that I kind of enjoy. Um, but I do love hardcore. I really, really like hardcore. Um, I think they're a super group there. They, they've got um, people in there from counterparts fit for an autopsy, um, the Acacia strain as well. Um, there, I really like this album. Like the, the like ag- aggressiveness, the ferocity of it. It's, it's something that, um, I don't know. It's really interesting. Like if if I, I was listening to this album a lot before we listened to before I listened to the uh, the albums that everyone had chosen for this, and the first time we did the run through, I went off the back of that album, this, the Sin of Human Frailty, and then was listening to you know like Paul's list down here, right? The kind of um, this the, the stuff we've just talked about from Offnus, and it was really weird. I, I really struggled to 
uh, take it on board, right? You know, after spending like a few weeks with these kind of really extreme hardcore bands, and then you go and listen to, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of like um, hard rock, if you like, or kind of, you know, uh, the kind of black metal stuff. It was really weird, and I didn't really struggle to take it on board. And I think the same is true, like vice versa, right? If you've been spending a lot of time with hard rock stuff, and then you go and listen to End, it's yeah. it's incredibly extreme. Reminds me a lot of where. Um, I guess I was when I first heard bands like Napalm Death and, and that kind of stuff, right? So back in the 80s, I remember listening to that and just thinking, this, I don't get it, I don't understand it. And then kind of, you know, steadily learning to to, to love it. Um, but yeah, anyway, for me, this this track, uh, oh, this, this album, um, it's one of the best kind of, of those kind of crossover hardcore albums of, of the year. Um, none of my metal-loving friends like this stuff at all. Everybody just, it's just noise. I just hate it. But, um, but yeah, I just absolutely love it. So talking of metal-loving, what did you think, Paul? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's, it's one of the few genres that I really, really struggle with is the kind of hardcore crossover stuff. I genuinely... It sounds like a man on the corner of the street shouting at cars as they go past. <laughs> it probably is it. <laughs> and a lot of the time, a lot of the time, the music underneath it all is actually decent. There's some big chunky riffs and stuff, but I struggle so much with the vocals, gotcha. which is ironic given the vocals from Ovnis. I appreciate that, but um, I just can't deal with 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 hardcore and stuff. We're doing a mix daily at the moment, and we've got a, um, one of the like, Carl has chosen Knuckle Dust. Okay, it's awful. It's awful. It is the worst album I have heard for about five years. <laughs> I think I'm really struggling with that as well. So it's just, yeah. it's just, it's one genre that I can't deal with. So I got through it all, but it was luckily that it was on while I was working, so I wasn't really. I wasn't really. It's only about thirty minutes long. I think that's the other. That's the other great thing about hard I, records. I think that's the bonus of it. Yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're all short. They're all short records, punk records, aren't they? Oh, the yeah. version I listened to was about three minutes long. I could not even listen to it. I, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. When I when I spoke to Simon and Paul about setting up this podcast, and we just said it'll be fun. All we care about, let's have some fun. And I was sat there going, "I'm not having fun." Well, I mean, I, yeah, and I had to. No, I just couldn't do it. How, I mean, how extreme do you guys get typically? If you if you were to kind of well, I. I I take offence to the term extreme because I just think it's shit. <laughs> it's, it's not extreme. It's just noise. There's no, no. I I I like my black metal, so that's it is quite extreme. Um, but that's no. There's just nothing. But you like thrash, right? You no. you were you you're a big thrash. Oh, absolutely. But then, so like, where, I am a big would you fan. go like nuclear assault? Right, nuclear assault are right on that kind of hardcorey edge. I think, right? Yeah, not not much further actually. Um, I, I like suicidal, but that's yeah. They're kind yeah, of. I don't go much further. Skate punk, almost, aren't they? They were kind of. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't do the hardcore, but that's not. That's not because I find it extreme and it upsets and hurts me. It's just shit. No, it's not. It's, <laughs> it is weird, isn't it? It's this. It, 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 for me, it is. I, I can still remember back to my friend playing me. Um, uh, uh, napalm death and just not you know it was just like what is this i was listening to megadeth right at the time that kind of the big chuggy kind of megadeth riffs right yeah and then 
listening to Napalm Death, I was just like, what? Just, I don't get it. What is this? And it took me quite a while. And then there, there was a, a few tracks that just kind of got under my skin a little bit. And I was like, oh, I kind of, I kind of quite like that. And then I saw them live. I saw them live with Carcass and Bolt Thrower and a few others. And then it's weird. It kind of, I, I started down this kind of, this path. I was like, I'm really, actually, I'm drawn to this probably more than the kind of big chuggy riffs, right? I still really appreciated that. But um, it is a really like divisive, it's like a weird area and i think all these crossover bands are all these kind of the code oranges and dillinger and these kind of things where you've got big heavy riffs but um like you say the vocals are quite spitty they're kind of quite quite savage and it's it's meant to sound dissonant it's meant they're kind of trying to make something that sounds like nasty and bitter um and i don't know that really appeals to me but um, i think it turns off so many people <laughs> it's like do you know what i mean it's it's this um it doesn't entice you in do you know what i mean it's not like a metallic i i do I do get annoyed with vocals or vocalists who are basically standing there going and telling me how hard they are, telling me that they're going to punch me in the face. That's a rapper. It's just like oh, get to fuck. That's a rapper. It's just like yeah. That's a rapper thing, isn't it? But it is. It's a similar trait, and it's all like yeah, fuck off. Is what like. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself, Chris? Are you in the same place as yeah? Me? I with these with this stuff. Um... It, it's similar to to when the, what what doing Monster Shop and its predecessor show, uh, the Doghouse has done for me is that it's opened my eyes to this world because otherwise I'd just be playing Melancholy Me and Sadness <laughs> twenty four hours a day, um, <laughs> and uh, and and basically yeah there was bands like Norma Jean, uh, mm. Chelsea Grin, and obviously End you know come, come through that I, I, they're just not on my my palette of music you know the, um, and it's very interesting. The thing that you say about um, you need a palate cleanser between listening to different styles of music. And I think we cracked that on the previous show that we just did because Buble, Buble is probably the palate <laughs> cleanser. Some two or three Buble Christmas songs just to set the scene. You need that. And then, yeah. and then, and then that, that's like the musical oatcake. <laughs> and then, and then back in. But it's, it's been weird watching you this year because you've yeah. like in your, we did our um, like uh, top list of, of the year. And you, there's a few that you picked from in there. You picked Varials. Yeah, yeah. Um, which... Yeah, which are the, set, the sort of similar thing. And it is, it's the more kind of the, the more aggressive, brutal end of things, mm. which I normally quite like pretty things. Um, and yeah, this... and then you like to break them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And just this one in particular, like you know, yeah. I just it's it's. I mean, it's got that. It's a bit more techno-y, isn't it? It's got a bit bit more of that kind of industrial edge than something like Chelsea Grin, although that's got bits of it as well. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, and and uh, and stuff like that. But um, no, I quite I quite like anything that. And another this is another thing that I don't. You know, I'm listening to it and not quite understanding it, and I and I quite enjoy not knowing and you know enjoying it ignorance is bliss type stuff hmm? Hmm? welcome to my world <laughs> <laughs> so i'm guessing simon like this one he's nodding away i think he's listening to it now yeah yeah, uh, yeah. yeah he... no no it's oh. shit no, i'm <laughs> shit the, the only good thing like you said before it's quick it's short it's over um other than that it's just shit did you get all the way through shit, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I did. Yeah, I, I listened to everything all the way through. If you're going to call someone a fucking bag of shit, then I think at least you could <laughs> didn't listen, listen to it all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so now I listen to everything, and this is yeah. It sounds like it's recorded in a warehouse. Someone's just banging on some <laughs> steel drums they just found outside, and 
yeah, it's just it's close to being unlistenable, but it's for hardcore. It's production it is, for hardcore. The production is pretty good. The worst <laughs> thing is, is the worst thing is, is you called them a super group. You've, you've got to be an half decent group. You've got to come for the good group, and the other one else has got to be a good group to form a super group. Surely that's why it's called a super. I suppose. Group, I'm, I'm guessing you're not big fans. Good talented people. So fit for an autopsy. In a case, I mean, Acacia Strain and good. Never Death boy, they're not your you, thing. You've named four bands. You've named four bands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're um. It's really interesting because I think the the way end end are kind of more extreme than all of the other bands that they're that they're in. They're kind of they they very much end end are one of those bands that you know when when somebody says oh I like heavy metal uh and and you kind of like, oh well, you know what kind of metal do you like and they're like um five finger death punch and stuff like Foo Fighters Foo Fighters and five finger death punch. <laughs> yeah yeah that's you know end end is where Queen to the Stone Age. End, yeah. is, end is where my finger goes to say oh, this. I like this. Yeah, that, that's kind of yeah, that's kind of where I'd go. But um, yeah, I I totally get that this is not um not for for everybody or not for not for many. It's um um it's weird. Yeah. Do you know um there's something that always stands out to me. Actually, I interviewed Frank Turner, <clears throat> and I hadn't realised this is where his background was in in hardcore. Um, and it's really interesting. You can see, like n- now seeing his music i mean his music's probably not appealing to most of us right in 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 this little show um but uh listening to uh his music you can hear the hardcore influences it's kind of very watered down and very there but it is you can hear the hardcore influences and and you can see it in the live show he's just as well which um i don't know i think it's kind of like that that weird thing where hardcore mixed with metal just gets a little bit more savage but hardcore mixed with folk music or whatever frank is, is it is it is it he used to be in million dead million dead yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they're yeah. kind of a punk punk band really but yeah. um but yeah he's it's an epitaph band wasn't it yeah 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 it's uh, i don't know i think it's interesting the influence of hardcore but anyway not not many fans here i don't think <laughs> the the cold end and i wish they were. <laughs> did you write that did you write that before christmas oh. or after christmas <laughs> no 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 just, just got it in a <laughs> Right, Paul, you're number four. Number four is MCL XXX by King Kraken, another South Wales band, another debut album, a big, heavy, stompy, biker, stoner, riffy album that came out on the 28th of January. So it's been out nearly a year. It is probably my most played album of the year, apart from Voyager. Um, it's probably more played than voyager actually because i play it a lot in the car on the cd um i just love it it is it's old school hard rock heavy metal it ticks every box that i have from the the 80s but there's a bit of variation in there there is some Mm. slight variation towards the end i think simon said that when we reviewed the album back in First episode, I think. It First was. episode, number one. Yeah, and we have the drummer Rich joining us next oh, month. Oh, great! So we do. Yeah, yeah I like this there album very much too. Just like as Paul says, it's just a very good mix: hard rock, heavy metal, good time, rock and roll. Have a drink, throw yourself around. We we, we said all this last time. Very good, uh, and last time I mean episode number one, not the failed recording. <laughs> but yes, very good. Yeah, I like it. No complaints with this one. Hoo-hoo, how boring. Wow. <laughs> it's like a little firework. Monster shot? A little firework should go off somewhere, I think. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I, 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 I quite liked it. It was it was really hard to nail the the genre. There's kind of rock and metal and thrash and all. It seems all over the place. There's all this genre, genre switching through through tracks and things, which I quite liked. Um, um, yeah, no, they were they were pretty cool. I think uh, uh, the first time, like I say, the first time we tried to do this show, I, I really didn't, and I think I just wrote down that it was boring and and you know I wasn't interested. But the second uh, run through, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think I like Bastard Liar and Veins, Walls of Jericho, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's certainly a, a band I'll probably go back to as well. Pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah, I like Walls of Jericho. Um, it's really it's a big 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 sound, big riffs. Um, and just, yeah, it's, 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 it's a couple of, a couple of bands, um, that we'll talk about in a minute from, from your list, which I think they're on the, they're on their journey, if you like, or they're on a journey or they're they're a particular point of their life, um, as, as musicians and as, as a band. Um, but King Crack and that one sounds really self-assured, like they know exactly who they are. Um, and that, that, yeah, I enjoyed that Walls of Jericho in particular. I think they're from other bands, aren't they, Paul? Sorry, oh, they're from. Oh, some of them from other bands originally, also. Yeah, I mean these these half the band are two of the two of the bands are um, around my age, if not, uh, they're a little bit younger. There's a couple of them are in their thirties, but they've all been around the scene for twenty odd years or so. So they have that experience. They've played with a lot of other bands so they've got a confidence now which um they've got a decent decent bit of management behind them so they they've played a lot of gigs this year um really really pushing um because probably haven't got a huge amount of time to to make a lot of it so they're really going for the the opportunity from everything like buying their own vans and having their own um, chili sauces and that kind of thing, and their own vodka. They they go into everything that you can get in the kind of production and promotions game, which pisses me off because I say I don't care about chili sauce. I'd like some new music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was an easy one. <laughs> All about Neil's number. <laughs> oh, I went with Code Orange. The above. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I just I love Code Orange. Um, I've kind of uh, they were called Code Orange Kids before. Again, in that kind of hardcore crossover area. Although I think they do, um, they they spread more broadly than like End do, right? So they kind of had those roots in hardcore. But but actually, some of their tracks are just kind of straight heavy metal. Some of them are um, you know, kind of more more thrashy. Some of them you've almost got kind of like like boy band vocals on them, and there's kind of a quite a quite a broad um, broad section of of stuff that they do. Um, things for me on this album that I really liked. I like the change. I pref- I prefer underneath this. This one is called the above. There's an album before called the underneath, which is a bit harder, which is kind of more. Um, yeah, there's, yeah. It's, I, I mean, kind of harder in the in the production and tone of it. It's kind of quite a, um, uh, a I guess a faster record. Um, which I, I really, really love that. Um, this one's a bit softer, but it's, again, really liked it. I, I love that they did a uh, a track with Billy Corgan. Did not see that coming no, um, no. at all. I really, I, you know, I thought it was phenomenal, that uh, that, that, that track. Um, and then they did a couple of others on, on the record that, again, I really love. The Mask of Sanity Slips is kind of almost industrial. It's kind of, just, I don't know, it's got this lovely kind of industrial tone to it. Um, it was produced by the band and Steve Albini, who did Nirvana. And again, I kind of think that shows through a little bit. There's 
um there's, there's like a, a space if you like on on this record so some of the the tracks towards the end of the record get um i don't know i think that the production is of a state that they like on underneath it was a, just a big thick kind of wall of sound that hit you right whereas this album's got more space the space for the the various instruments and stuff to come through um i love the experimentation that they do i kind of love that they do stuff that is um you know not commercial right this stuff that is is never going to be like super commercial you know planet rock are never going to um play play some of this stuff right but yeah but then they do do stuff that they they you know they there is stuff um on especially towards the later of the of the album that that is pretty um I don't know, it's pretty accessible, I think. But, but yeah, just a, I don't know, just a cool album. I, I again, for, for me, it's one of the ones that stood out over the year. Really liked it. Because uh, you must have liked it, because I remember it being in your top five from last time. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I love the Mask of Sandy's Lips as a track. Um, I, I actually didn't know it was Steve, Steve Albini, um, and mm. it actually makes a lot of sense now, um, given that it has a very almost like neo-grunge industrial 90s vibe to it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of influence from from that era of sound, if not composition, you know. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. I think it feels a bit less gimmicky, I think. I think the other albums, there was some, there's a quite glitchy bits. And yeah. like they do this bit where they do this kind of dead stop and then start again, um, which is kind of, I don't know. It, it, some of it feels a little bit gimmicky in places yeah. on, the, on the other albums, and and I don't know. I, I kind of get the feeling that Steve Albini's this one flows. Yeah. It all seems to flow. I like yeah. albums that flow. I think it's just kind yeah. of gone. What are you doing that for? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And and, and, I, and I, I, it kind of feels like yeah, like you, like you mentioned, it, just, yeah. it feels like a little bit more mature. But um, again, it's, it's similar with end to 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 some of this stuff in that it's a little bit. Um, uh, I guess difficult to consume initially, but there's, I don't know. It's a, it's a funny almost. It's just a flow. There's the bits in there that actually I think are pretty consumable. Mm. Well, we uh, we mentioned it last time. It's it's just not not for me. Not uh, I just yeah. I don't like it. it. Makes my skin hurt. It's just <laughs> I managed to get through the album. I listened to it all, and as I think I said last time, I've got written down Splinter the Soul and the Game. They didn't hurt me. They didn't make me vomit too much, but. That's the best I can say, really. Paul? Well, this is where my confession comes in. Oh, no. Because after the last time that we reviewed this, where I was very scathing of it, I thought, I think I only listened to it once. I'm going to give it another play. And I've played it seven times since. Wow. And what... Simon said last time resonated in that the second half of the album is really accessible in comparison to the first. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Um, I still don't like the new metal vibe that lurks in there. And the track with Billy Corgan is it, there's a big corn feel to me in that, which is fine. I don't mind corn at all, but um, it's not the kind of go to music. But I have played this several times since we had the first podcast and i hate to say it, it's growing on me which is which is really it's a, it's a slippery slope my friend you'll be you'll be down in the hardcore in front of the pit before you know it. <laughs> i did I not see stop, that i'm just coming. gonna stop listening i'm just gonna stop listening to the monster shop then i'll be crying. <laughs> yeah, it's a slippery slope <laughs> simon um yeah well, like i said last time um 
it's very early 2000 feel. I didn't like most of it, but the last four or five songs, I think uh, the album changes and uh, it suddenly becomes a good album, really accessible. Um, like I said last before, the last four or five songs are really good, but uh, the stuff before that, uh, not for me at all. He didn't say it was shit. <laughs> I'm taking that as a win. That's a win. Yeah, it's a win. I would. I would do as well. Yeah, yeah. Correct stance. Getting yes. <laughs> All right, Paul. Paul, your your number three was Empire. Relentless by Empire. So not quite Milton Keynes. These guys are from Northampton, which isn't a million miles away if my geography is. Cobblers. Um, <laughs> very good. Okay. Um, <laughs> this this isn't a metal album. This isn't a metal album by any stretch. It's alternative. It's got a U two vibe to it. It's very emotionally intense. It's very melancholic in a lot of places. Um, and I know it doesn't fit with everyone, but it's a song. It's an album that resonates with me. I've seen them live three times this year. I think I said on the last pod that they played at Steelhouse in the summer, and then. Six weeks later, played down the road at Patriot, where I go a lot, where I'm the Indian house photographers. And I had four friends who bought tickets on the strength of seeing them at Steelhouse to come and see them headline the show. It sold out in two hours, 250 people. Wow. Um, and it's it's just an album that I think you either get or you don't. And I get it. And that's why it's my number three. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it, but it's it's not one... Not one that I hate, um, but as you say, it's not metal, and I'm fine with listening to stuff that's not metal. And if you approach it from that, I was expecting it to be metal, especially the cover, actually. That made me think this is going to be uh, at least high rock. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just all right. It's very middle of the road. Like I said, the singer reminds me of Neil Diamond, but Neil Diamond's a good singer. <laughs> um, and that's, yeah, that's that's as much as I can I could say, really. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if they were at a festival, I wouldn't walk away. Certainly not. Mm. Lucky them. <laughs> I, do you know, I, I thought they were all right. It's, it's a, um, it, it's not a sound that I particularly enjoy that kind of a, a overproduced anthemic stadium rock almost, right? It's kind of, um, it's like super produced, right? There's absolutely no there's nothing rock and roll about it right there's no there's no like kind of rough edges to it it's super produced Mm. super anthemic but having said that it's kind of classic rock right it's kind of it feels that this kind of um you know classic hard rock and actually i i I found myself really enjoying it it's not something that i would ever kind of go oh i really want to go and listen to that right but but you know forcing myself to listen to it um i I really enjoyed it i kind of sat and and found myself bobbing away to it and um yeah it was pretty cool um i think i've wrote down here that i like walking light parasites forget me um and your whole life slows as well um i can imagine them i can imagine their sound and and the songs just working really really well in like a massive arena these kind of they're kind of quite anthemic songs that they did um but uh yeah, again, not not my kind of thing, but yeah, I thought it was really really cool. It's a great album. They should be really pleased. Yeah, this was um, one of the one of the things I referred to earlier when I was talking about a band being on their journey. Um, when I heard this, and there's a song "Cry Wolf" that I really loved, um, and it made me it made me think. Um, I wonder what I wonder what these guys are going to sound like in five years. Hmm. I wonder where they're going to be on their journey in five years because it sounds like they're a band that are really 
on 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 a trajectory 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 i'll say it mm-hmm. someone say that for me trajectory that's it got it <laughs> um and on the way up <laughs> on the way up yeah <laughs> but like you know that that sort of voyage of self-discovery and all that sort of stuff yeah it's exciting to hear where, where they are now but also like what what the potential is for them i kind of felt they're a bit out of time out, out yeah, of their time yeah. right i think if they had if, if if this album and this band had been around in 1986 1987 then you know there would have been this potential for them to be huge right but this kind of like anthemic um uh you know, standard rock kind of music it's, it's not that super fashionable right so so it, it well, I don't know. It, it is coming back. I mean, those damn crows, they, that's yeah, true. they, they sell very out true. in seconds. And, yeah, uh, that's true. And it is that it's that same kind of music, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah there's there's definitely, it, yeah. Um, there is there there is a, an audience. Do you not think? I see, yeah. I see Paul, yeah, Paul shaking his head at me. So. Yeah. Do you not think it's even the similar ilk? No? Well, they, they fit into, I mean, there's this big banner, isn't there? The new wave of classic mm-hmm. rock, which has yeah. bands like Massive Wagons, yeah. The Crows, um, an empire have been lumped in that. Oh, really? And I think empire have very much left field of that. So they play all the kind of classic rock festivals like uh, Steelhouse, Stone Dead, Love Rocks, all these kind of ones, Fire Vaults across the country, um, which have the same kind of bands touring them, yeah. for want of a better word. A bit like the, the Planet Rock stable, except I've never heard Empire played on Planet yeah. Rock. No, yeah, um, they're not. But but they play massive wagons, don't they? And and um, they play massive wagons. They play the crows, Florence Black, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Mm. And South Wales is a heartland of classic rock. You know, the Patriot that I go to is is basically a classic rock bike. Yeah, right, right. Uh, is there still that big classic rock thing at uh, Ebervale? We used to do a festival there, didn't? They? Yeah, that's that's Steelhouse. Steelhouse, yeah, Steelhouse, Steelhouse, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think. I, I agree with Chris. This is only their second album. They've only been together for about three, three or four years. Um, it'll be interesting to see which direction they go in, because I, I, I think there are some bands like the Crows, for example, who are now um, headlining academies and things like that, who have moved up that level. Empire is still at two hundred, two fifty clubs at the moment. So that to get to the next level, I think they'd love to. Love to be in an arena, Neil. To be honest, because uh, the most uh, being in an arena will be serving the Heineken at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but with those, it, it, but as long as you're serving the Heineken with those like clever glasses where it fills up from the bottom, I mean, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be well cool with that. <laughs> well cool, well cool, well cool. <laughs> they are the coolest thing ever. So I watched gonna... a documentary about them. Like the glasses. This, this is where this is where if it, this was on the monster shop, I'd go down a proper rabbit hole now about <laughs> where they where the glasses were developed, who paid for it, the, the maths behind it, right? So obviously the the glasses, the cups are really expensive, right? Because you've got to have the little thing at the bottom which lets you fill it up. What's that called? Is this the sur- is this the surgery ones? The surgery glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. But because you can yeah. have more, because you can you can serve them faster. Oh. They make more money, so uh, they, they, they did this whole kind of time and motion thing where they looked at you know how long it takes to fill. I think they can fill one in three seconds or something. Really? They, yeah, they can tell like three times more amount of beer, and because of the oh god, this is going down a rabbit hole already. Because, <laughs> but because the amount of time you have to sell beer at like uh, sporting events and gigs is short. Oh, because of intervals and stuff. Yeah, the faster you can get people buying beer, the, the more money the the venue makes. So they're prepared to pay a little bit more for the cups. There we go. They should have one of them following Neil round at Bloodstock the amount of times he goes. 
Can they do an equivalent for Wii's? Because Wii's, can, yeah, you yeah, like a Wii, don't I you? I like a Wii at a festival, and it's hard yeah. because I have to go. I have to have like a map of where the of where the Wii's are. Honestly, we'll be walking around down. We'll walk around download, and it's, you'll just go. It's in a bottle. <laughs> he'll, just, he'll just go. Oh, the be- well, he'll go. I need to go to the toilet, and we're like, oh, okay, whatever. And then I'll go, and I'll say, well, there's one over there. And no, I don't like that one. The best one's over there, and, <laughs> and we have to go and walk. Go and walk. <laughs> where the best toilets are. <laughs> I don't think you wanted Neil to tell people that, did you, Chris? No, that's fine. It's fine. I'm happy with that. I threatened, you know, the last download, I threatened. I, didn't, I, I threatened to go and speak to the guy who arranges all of the toilets at, at festivals <laughs> and to have him on the show. In fact, we're, we're looking for people to interview, so I might, might bring him on. There's got to be... Yeah. They've evolved the history of festival toilets. When I first went to a... Like, Monsters of Rock, right? you were just pissing in a in a bowl right in the middle of the field <laughs> yeah. whereas yeah. now you've got all those kind of cattle things you've got all the you know, the face-to-face ones i don't like them i quite like them because you can have a little you can have a you have a little wink at the man opposite <laughs> just, i don't like that it's like <laughs> you are in your business and you're looking straight at another man's face and i don't like that at all i'm good with that i'm quite happy it's quite intimate <laughs> it's too intimate is where i'm going with that and then and then there are the others when you go you know when you kind of go in and then they're like a little bit wobbly and i don't like them at all either yeah i like what i do like <laughs> like the when andy andy copying at download gave us special tickets which didn't we, and we got to go into the vip area oh that was lovely down there. oh god yeah. they were yeah, yeah. They're lovely toilets. They? Yeah, they were nice. Um, and the, at Glastonbury, they have these ones where it's like, they look like they're over a cattle grid or something. <laughs> and then, but it is, it's just like pure ammonia. It's horrible. Is it? Is, yeah, it's really bad. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the monster. I was, <laughs> didn't see that coming as I was staring into your eyes. I mean, the place. No, no. <laughs> It's not good, is it? Who thought that was a good idea? I mean, no, genuinely. Do you know, I want to speak to the man about how they... Uh, I, I, the reason I, I want to talk to him is I heard him. He was on a clip on... It might have been Radio 2 or something. It was on some weird thing. And he was talking... But he talked about download toilets. Right. Um, and what was brilliant about it was he said... Um, it, like, it varies. The weather has... A, the, the weather varies how much people drink, which varies how much people go to the toilet. And he said, we have to predict how often we're going to empty the toilets. And he said, there's a lot of maths behind it. And I just thought, oh, that sounds really interesting. I wonder how they do it. <laughs> yes, I mean. <laughs> how exciting an episode would that be? Oh, yeah, yeah I can how, imagine. How yeah. often should you empty a festival toilet? <laughs> I cannot wait. So, come on, Simon, back to Empire. What were you waiting Oh, God, yeah. Where, what were we doing? Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah. Well, it starts good. The first two songs are really good. Um, I thought, I think we're onto a classic album here after them first two songs. I think after that, it trails off and it becomes boring to me. Um, every song started to feel like the last song uh, until then. But then the last song is actually a really good song and they pull it back round. So potential, but um, most of it was a bit boring for me. Okay, so a reasonably happy man. Mm, a third. Okay. <laughs> right, Neil, talking of thirds, what was your third? Uh, it was August Burns Red with Death Blow. Um, this is metalcore. Um, again, it's really interesting that uh, it's still merging of hardcore with various bits of metal. But, um, I mean, this is really accessible, I think. Um, it's uh, it's kind of technical wizardry in metal, I think. And lots of these metalcore bands do this where... The, the, uh, they're, they're kind of quite quite fast and quite punchy. Um, 
but they can be i don't know that some of them are a little bit a bit happy sound it sounds really weird but a little bit happy sounding like kind of avenged sevenfold and those kinds of things they've got this kind of little kind of kind of happy sound and, and i quite like august burns red they kind of seem to thread this um i don't know they, they some of their tracks are a little bit happy sounding but um they do this thing where um uh jj brubeck who's the the guitar player he's a bit of a bit of a guitar wizard um manages to shred over the top of these these songs there's still a, a melody there um yeah and i don't know i quite i they're a band i i quite like i'm not a massive metalcore fan i'm it's growing on me there's a bunch of metalcore bands that are growing on me. you liar well, <laughs> there's this weird if you if you'd have asked me probably two or three years ago i'd have said no i don't really like metalcore because I, w- I would have been thinking you were talking about avenge sevenfold right um and but there's a bunch of bands out there that I do really, really like, like Barry Tomorrow and Architects. Um, oh, there's a bunch of them actually that um, that are kind of in that metal stuff, and I do really like them. So it's, a, it's when when that when that kind of like happy tone changes to something a bit darker, you know, that kind of that, where you would say that it's a major and minor key. <laughs> you know, like, like some I think a lot of the um, metalcore bands play major keys. They're quite happy sounding and uplifting. Um, I don't like that. I like it to sound, I like it a bit menacing. I like it to be, you know, that kind of Slayer, Jeff Hanneman, the kind of down-tuned, that kind of minor key stuff. It's doom or not. Mm, yeah, I kind of, I like that. And I and I, I like the, um, I don't know, I just kind of, I like, I like what they do. But I, I did like this record. I do like August Burns Red. Um, they're coming to the UK next year, I think. So um, they're a band I've never seen live. I've seen mm. videos of them live. But um, but yeah, it's a, it's a proper, proper solid um, album. I think if I was doing this list now, I'd have probably swapped this out for Barry Tomorrow's um, album. But um, but yeah, really cool album, all the same. I quite liked it. Chris, you're in the same frame of mind, I assume. Yeah, I, yeah. The thing about August Burns Red is the um, musicianship for me. I think the musicianship in that band is is really phenomenal. Um, I love the cleansing. I love the abyss, um, and. Yeah, I, I I don't know the thing Neil has about Avengers um, about August Burns Red, when you know like re like really emphatically you know this is like the best band ever doing the best of ever, <laughs> um, which we've had for a little while in the Monster Shop. I'm I'm not feeling that yet. I don't get, I don't get that. But what I do get is the absolute <laughs> respect for this band, um, and and their abilities and what they're able to do and the production and you know, the kind of performances and, and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's really solid. Paul? Um, again, it got better on additional plays, but it's got that, I mean, I, I've got to come back to Avenged Sevenfold being metalcore. It's not. No. They're always popping some of them. Well, yeah, that's yeah. true. Mm. That is true. They were lumping. They I mean, weren't. They can't say night, nightmare and things like that is, is metalcore. I mean, no, they were lumped in with all those bands, though, weren't they? You, they, they were always kind yeah, of yeah. given that tag. It's a bit like um, Slipknot being given new metal tags and stuff, isn't it? I think some of these genres yeah. are a bit weird, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's probably me misunderstanding what metalcore actually is. <laughs> if I'm honest, I've got a yeah, word for I mean, it. The thing, the thing for me is, is that it. This band have been around 20 years, right? Yeah, yeah. And so they are probably one of the forerunners of this style, which is why I don't like it, because it seems to me that so many bands today do the harsh and the clean vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stick to one. 
you've got a great clean vocal singer, Nancy, or stick with the harsh vocals. The fact they've got, I think they've got three or four different guest vocalists on here says something to me. I like Ancestry. It's got Jesse Leach on it from Killswitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he brings something to it which that makes it stand out. And I'm not a big Killswitch fan by any stretch of the imagination. I quite like the bit of them with Howard, but I, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I listened to it. Musically, it is as intense as as ferocious as you're going to get. This is again very, very angry. Um, I've got a lot of respect for the fact that if they've been going 20 years, then they're obviously one of the founders of this style rather than one of the bands that have latched on for it. It's not something I would listen to very often, but I've just looked up on my phone. They're playing in Bristol on the 23rd of March. I'm not sure I'm brave enough to go down the front and take photos, but I might see if I can get a review pass and stand at the back and go and have a look at what it's all about. They are, they're a, they're a, they're a, Force live, um, yeah, they're I'm sure. they're really I'm interesting. Sure. Uh, do you know uh, there's a, uh, there's a bunch of those bands that have got two vocalists, haven't they? They um, and we, we were talking about this on yeah. the show going back a few months now. I think I think I'd been to shoot I Prevail, I think it was. It was, yeah. Um, yeah. and we were having this big conversation about the impact of Linkin Park um, on some of these bands, so having that you know, that mixture of vocals, right? And then and that just that that that's progressed, if you like, into this kind of uh, you know, kind of screamy vocals and the clean vocals. And um, but there seems to be like a group of these bands underground now and they're hugely successful. I, I I have to be honest, I had not understood just how big I Prevail had gotten, right? You know, the, the first time I covered them, they were fairly tiny. And then um, I shot them on the True Power Tour and it was massive. They were, you know, the place was rammed and you know, it was phenomenal. So um, definitely seems to be like a, a, a niche being carved out in the, in the in the metal world for these um mixed vocals i i i didn't like this album but i don't have an issue with the uh different types of vocals in the same band that that doesn't bother me at all but, I, but i'm not a metalcore fan so i don't feel like i can really judge this because it's just not not for me really it's uh some of the stuff that we listened to this was a little closer to what i might like but i didn't so I can't really say much more than that. Really. Got a lovely, uh, a lovely Christmas fact, I, album. I didn't know they'd been going for mm. so long. <laughs> yes, I believe so. I didn't know they'd been going for so long. So you definitely got to, uh, you know, doff your cap to that. That's uh, that's quite impressive. But yeah, not not for me. Chairman. Uh, shit. Everything I don't like about metal is in this album. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I wrote down that they're just a copy and paste band from every other band from the last 20 years, but apparently they've been going 20 <laughs> years, so maybe every band's just copied them. Uh, I've never heard of them before, so, but I mean, that's not really a. That's um, what I think. No, not really, because I've not heard of anybody on these lists, really, apart from the last few. Um, yeah, just just awful. I hated it. Who's, who's your favourite metalcore band? I don't even know what a metalcore band is. Because <laughs> to, to me, to me, music's just music. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's it's bad. I don't really care what genre something uh, falls in. If it's good, it's good. If it, good music is good music, you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, 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 that's true. So, so I don't really, I don't really go on certain genres. There might one day be a black metal album I like, 
about it. So I thought you'd have. I thought you'd have I'll one. Never say never. I thought you'd have found something in this because I think there's like we, we talked briefly before, but um, like JJ Brewbreaker's guitar work is I just think is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. He's a brilliant guitarist to to watch, and um, yeah, I mean, I guess even not liking the music, like there's there's some um bands that I just don't like the style of the music, but I, I, you know, you you kind of get something from um. Yeah, from the musicianship a little bit. So, I, I thought I thought I didn't. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to think when I actually listen to the album or what I listened to it before, because I think what you said before was quite true. How your mind sits yeah. on certain albums is what you know. I mean, if I heard Offness before I heard this, and anything after Offness, I would have just fucking hated. <laughs> <but>, um, <laughs> however, however. Offness was the last thing I listened to, so it certainly wasn't that. But it, it it could be a little bit of that. But no, and 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 again, if you've gigged in the, if you've been in a band and you've gigged in the last twenty thirty years, you've played with a band that sound like this. Mm. You've played with you, you've turned up to you know an all day, um, all day festival at a pub or something like that where they've got fifteen bands on. Thirteen of them will sound like. I think this. they're yeah, they're hugely and influential. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, and I'm just tired of hearing this type of metal. I think they're. You're also just tired. <laughs> but you know, no, and again, this, this is, is something true. we talked about. Uh, I think after we saw Corn, yeah, uh, down and and that realization just how influential Corn had been, how many bands oh, yeah. just took yeah. that sound, and it's really weird because that impacted yeah. that impacted love my love of Corn. Right when yeah, we saw yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I kind of went back down the corn rabbit hole. And absolutely fell in love with the band again, right? And but there'd been decades before that where I just like I just don't care. I don't mm. I don't want to listen to them, right? They because, were a great band, like yeah, they, they were, were so good, phenomenal. I think yeah. August Burns Red are similar. There's so mm. many copycat bands. I think we hear them a bit less in the UK as well. Yeah, I think they're yeah. they're much bigger in the state. That's probably a fair point as well. Yeah, yeah. Right. So Paul, you're number two. Right, number two, in contrast to Empire, this is about as rough and ready as you can actually get. Recorded live, Bones from the Skeleton Thief, the third album from Blind River, who were from London. Um, born out of bands like Pig Iron, The Earls of Mars, etc. Uh, they feature Harry, Harry uh, Armstrong, who's the bassist of Orange Goblin. Um, he's the vocalist with this band. They are... A ferocious live band. They're one of the best, probably my favourite live band in the last 10 years that I've seen. And I've seen a lot of bands in the last 10 years in terms of their pure energy and making you smile when you see them play. They are a true band that are all about the music. They are very much um, uh, heart on the sleeves. They're all about live music. They're all about uh, wanting people to come out and see them with a pint in their hand and just have a good time recorded live as i said no studio trickery no click tracks nothing like that um just a stonking album and they're getting better every time again seasoned professionals from many years but now coming together with a band that are should be much bigger in my view but there we go well this this time to get bigger because they are very 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 good I saw them at uh, Bloodstock when they opened the Sophie that time. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, I knew I knew the stuff there, but yeah, blew me away. Exactly as you said, part in hand, foot tapping, fish raising, really, really, really good. You know what you're going to get, and you monster shop. 
yeah same <clears throat> same really as as you guys i i really liked it i i'm a sucker for that um kind of uh, not recorded to click, not overproduced rock and roll music. Mm-hmm. Right, I kind of really like that. Um, I kind of miss that a little bit. You know, there are bands that uh, that I, I guess I fell in love with, like kind of you know, like the, those American sleazy rock bands, the kind of the love hates of the world. That were kind of you know they they weren't playing to click track. They were just you know just winging it for want of a better word. And I really love that. Um, uh, and and I, I heard a lot of that in in this this band. Right, they uh they're quite clearly not playing to click there's there's not uh, an over overproduction in in the sound i really like some of the tracks out of time skeleton thief uh, mind blown as well um it kind of fell into being a little bit generic rocky rock music in places but but actually overall mm-hmm. i thought it was a really 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 cool album um you know i think that there's this uh yeah there's a lot of room for for growth for these guys i think i think it's going to be cool to see what they do next and uh, yeah the next couple of albums i think will be uh, interesting but yeah i enjoyed it a lot Chris? um yeah i loved out of time and skeleton thief they were the two for me on this one i really wish that i'd have found this band when i was about 15 you said that last yeah, time yeah. I, I absolutely love these um yeah um it's it, again it's it, it's it's not something that i'd sit and listen to and enjoy right now um uh you know for for enjoyment's sake but in terms of like appreciating what they can do and what they're about i totally get that um, but this was absolutely what I was into when I was about 15, uh, 16, uh, maybe a little bit before. Um, yeah, really, really, uh, really good stuff. Cause you've, you've got an album with your band star from either. You did an album called prologue. Yes. Yeah. Which is, yeah. yeah. It has that similar. Yeah. That really, that wasn't to a click. Track, not was a, lot, it? a lot of it wasn't. No, <laughs> no. But yeah, it's, yeah, I wish. And he's taken it off boys and girls. He's taken it off yeah. social media. I've taken it off all the streaming platforms. Yeah. I want him to put it back on. It's cause I've redone it. Where is it? Where, where is it? Point to it. Where oh, no, it? it's in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're never going to see. Yeah, it. that's it. I'm not done yet. No, no. I, I, we. It's really weird. We took it. We took it, and I've I've like re-recorded bits and done new vocals, and because there's a bit of it that was a bit like, you know. Yeah. Um. So I've redone some vocals. Do you know, on one it and... of these days, I'm going to coerce one of your daughters to go and bring it to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was good. I mean, we were like, yeah, we were kids. We were 18. You know. You look 19. so young in those yeah, in the about, promo pictures. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah, that was a, yeah, it's a hell of a band, really. A hell of a band. Dan Baker looks like he was about twelve. <laughs> yeah. he looks like, he's really yeah. tall, isn't he? Yeah, but yeah, he, yeah. He look, he, yeah. He just he didn't look old enough to be out without his mum and dad. Yeah, yeah. I'll get. I will send it over to you guys so I can have a listen to it. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You yeah. like it? It's yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. Really, really. And actually, cool. the, the the second album we did, Circularity, which is the the sort of. Um, I suppose the the kind of seed for this studio was sat in and this building was sat in really. Um that the, the record called Circularity the style from Ivy did second. Um it was all done in Wales. Uh so Oh yeah, it yeah. was it was Ebervale, wasn't it? Yeah, we did a bit of Ebber Ebervale, we did a bit of Rockfield, uh, mm. we did a bit uh, over at Giant Wafer. Um it's a hell of an album that is. Uh, we'll send that for you to have a listen to. Yeah, yeah well, please do. Sales pitch. I've actually got. I've actually got uh, riding the law here. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Talking about it. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did uh, the second album. We did at Rockfield, riding the law. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, just yeah. From uh, yeah, awakening you sleeping giants has got here part one. Yeah. yeah, that's the new, the newest EP that. Yeah, we did that with uh, right. Wolverhampton. We did that with uh, Gavin Monaghan in the Magic Garden. Mm. That was great. What happened to the get to know you? That's why I, I love that. Yeah. In, in, cool. a, in an arch in Burton on Trent, that was. Yeah. <laughs> very, very cool. Yeah. 
<laughs> Sounds like one of Sam and Saturday nights. <laughs> What's your thoughts on Blind River? Uh, love this album. Uh, start to end, brilliant. Um, really good rock and roll feel to the band. Like you said, recorded live, you can tell. It's not overproduced. Um, and like I was saying before about drumming, I want to drum in this mm, band. Yeah. That's how, you <laughs> yeah. know, um, if they ever need a drummer, ring me up because I'll happily go and do drums for this. Um, just brilliant. Loved it. Loved everything about it. So that's all I've got to say on that one. I think he did the, well, the we've drumming. Got a winner, we've got a winner. The drumming is really cool, actually. It's, it's something, yeah, it's yeah, really, really cool album. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But it's a nice loose feel to the whole yeah, thing, yeah. you know, and that's that's what I really like. So, yeah. So we, we all agree. Yeah, we all agree. as well. Oh, have they? So we all agreed the drumming's quite cool, so it's no good for you, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> right, Neil, you've been pronging, haven't you? I have a prong of the best band in the world pronging. ever. Um, and <laughs> so um, I just, I love prong. I've always loved prong. Uh, formed in 1986, which is the best year for metal ever. Um, um, they <laughs> barren, year. barren year, a barren a year. Barren year. This, oh, I'll not have that. That's a, pri- that's a private joke with the. Uh... Uh, yeah, another club that we're in. Oh, well, anyway, hello, Carl. Hello, Robbie. <laughs> 1986. I, I honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll stand on the grave. Now, 1986, the best year, the best albums came out in 86. Anyway, um, that came out again, came out of hardcore, came out of the hardcore community in, in New York, um, where Tommy Victor was, he was the sound guy at CBGB's, um, doing hardcore bands essentially. Um, got together with a bunch of other guys and said, we want to do something kind of a bit metal-y, a bit crossover-y. And they went down this kind of industrial route, um, did Beg to Differ in 90 and, and Prove You Wrong in 91, which I just love both of those albums. Honestly, Prong could just, they could just shit something. They could just shit down a microphone. I would love it. I would absolutely <laughs> love them. Um, I love the drums. I love the fact the early albums were, were literally a drum machine. Um, and again, they they kind of decided to carve out that industrial thing where, where drum machines weren't, you weren't allowed to use a drum machine in metal. Um, and, and they did it and made it sound like super cool. Um, I just love Tommy Victor's riffs. I just love the, there's this, thanks Simon said this, that, um, that blind river, you, you, it makes you want to go and play drums with the band. Right. And I think uh, Pronger like that for me. I I want to play drums with them. I want to get, they make me want to pick a guitar up and play the same riffs. Right. They just pull me into it. Um, The last couple of albums haven't been like stellar. They've been, they're one of those bands that kind of always seems to hit a reasonable uh, mark for me. They've not done a bad album. Um, but the last couple didn't, I didn't fall in love with, but this one I absolutely did. I thought they were back on, um, just absolutely back on form, uh, non-existence with my probably favorite track off this one disconnected as well. Um, I hated the cover of working man. I, f- I wish they'd just not done it. I just kind of, if I could, if I could kind of cut that bit off the end, um, but it's prong and they can do what they like. So anyway, that, that's I gush about prong all day. I think, yeah, it is. It's very good. Yeah. I think with, Sorry, with, with Prong, it's, it's very much, I like Prong because Neil likes Prong. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of thing. <laughs> I may like them, so I'll like him as well. But they're very much, um, you know what you're going to get with Prong. You know, if you're going to put a Prong album on, if they're not, they're not going to take you by surprise. They're not going to do a slip on you. You know, they, they've, they've, uh, they've got their thing that they do and they do it well. So, you know, long may it continue. They've not changed much, have they? <laughs> 
I think I've just been taken to school because I didn't know it was a drum machine on Beg to Differ. I, I was a fan from that album. Yeah, some of the I early ones. It was a drum machine. Yeah, they switched in and out. I've said some of them have got a drum machine. Some of them, some of them don't. I think Tommy writes tends to write on a drum machine, and then if if there's a drummer around, it's like, oh yeah, you can play. If not, they just people. okay. But yeah, they they yeah, it's really interesting. Some of their um, and you can hear it. And it's it's got a really clipped sound on the the drumming. Yeah, on, on there, it's really yeah. Really it makes sense. Sound. It makes sense when you say it. But um, yeah, it's, yeah, never even occurred to me. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but the, do you know what is brilliant? I, I just love the fact that Tom, Tommy Victor is. Um, if you ever hear him, he's, he wears his heart on his sleeve. They did an EP uh, a couple of years ago, and he, he he did an interview, and he was just like, "Oh, just give in. Like we've done an EP, and you know, no one's listening to it." We're, we're done you know i mean we're not we're not playing any music anymore you know and um it was really interesting to see you could see he wasn't like putting it on he was like just genuinely you know yeah, yeah, yeah. not doing this anymore and he was really upset I, and i love that um you know there's not a big pr machine it's not a big media machine behind them it's all them they you know they do their merch they do their own merch they do all of that stuff and i, I love all of that i think um i love them to pieces i really do well they have come back with a banger and it's from all the top ten lists for everywhere, it's it's in there, isn't it? It's, it's I mean, it was it was very close to my top five. It is a it's a belting album, yeah, very much. Paul, when I played that cover, this poster started weeping. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? Mike, because he played it better. Hey! <laughs> it's another band that you'll never be wanting to play in because you can't cope with a drummer. No, because they absolutely destroyed <laughs> what is a pretty basic track. It's awful, isn't it? Um, it, is, it is. It's a very strange choice to do, isn't it? It was awful. And they made a really bad job yeah, of it, I, too. It's like, just what is going on? What yeah. is happening here? Yeah. It's, part, it's, it's pointless. Not, it's not the worst Rush cover I've ever heard because Machine Head did a cover of Witch Hunt. Oh, they did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and there's a lot of Rush covers around for some reason. And there's some really good Rush covers. But, um, yeah, Prong, not not a band I listen to a lot. But they're solid. They're reliable, as you said. There's probably not a bad album. They're not a band that I spend a lot of time with. But I enjoyed this album apart from the last track. Mm. Yeah, no, I think and that kind of me... that's a good summary, I think. Can Can Simon do a good summary? No, uh, no, I loved it. Loved it beginning to end. Yes. Um, apart from the last song now. I now hate the last song because I know it's a Rush song. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I remember um, they were meant to be supporting Anthrax in the early 90s, Prong, and they cancelled for whatever Did that reason. load. And yeah. we, yeah, and we got um, Wolfsbane. Oh, dear. Oh. <laughs> Fucking wolves again. Uh, who are shit? Yeah, they're um, not. They're not. I told you, told you before. They fucking are. And, uh, I've seen. I've seen Wolvesbane loads of times, and never once gone to pay to see Wolvesbane. They were just like the band in the early nineties that turned up and supported someone because they needed, you know jobbing shit touring band oh look Wolfsbane we're not far from Tamworth we're not far um, from Tamworth right and and that's kind of where the, that's the area they were from and, and like everywhere here was Wolfsbane just turned up yeah if you if you just went out into your back garden yeah. Wolfsbane just turned up and played it, so. yeah well I, I heard if there's a letter being opened yeah. turned up, so that as well. <laughs> um 
But um, I saw him a month ago, actually. Did you? <laughs> and and yeah. I bet you didn't pay. To, I bet you didn't pay to watch. I bet they were supporting someone. No, no I was it. Yeah, yeah. So you got paid to. So you got paid to go and do it. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of photographer do you think I am? I guess A, bloody hell. All right. Not, not, not a good one, then. <laughs> I'm going to power your drumming, mate. <laughs> uh, you're not that bad. <laughs> um, but, yeah, back to Prong. Uh, this album's fucking really good. Really, really good. Uh, it's just it oozes class, doesn't it, from... Uh, the first track it does actually, yeah. Nearly the second to last track. <laughs> so yeah, I loved it. Yes, get in. Well, yeah. You've had some good albums this year, Simon. Yeah, uh, the the year ended well. Okay. I mean, let's be honest. It, right. off, it, it doesn't sound started off shit. <laughs> it, the thing is with this, it doesn't sound like a modern <laughs> record, right? The, 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 there's no there's a development of prong from their sound, but this 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 is a. Um, and like my number one uh, album, right? They, they yeah. these are not modern. It's not like Sleep Token or Spirit Box or yeah. This is not a modern not. metal sound. This is a um, very much a, a a really old band just putting out an album with a, a classic sound. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I think and, and I love yeah. that, but it it really isn't a, a modern sound. I don't think. But well, that's exactly what you wanted, isn't it? When yeah. you, before you press play, yeah. you were wanting to hear what you actually heard. Yeah, which is really really good. I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. You, you, you. I knew I was going to love. I've loved every prong album. And I knew I was going to love this, and um, uh, and I did. <laughs> it was that simple. Yeah, they gave good. you what you wanted rather than what you needed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ! You started off all right. You dived there. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, drum roll, and you are number one, please, Paul. Well, talking about modern metal, yes, <laughs> this is about as far away as you can get from modern metal. Um, Dark Parade by Sirith Ungol. And I think I surprised you all last time when I told you that they formed in 1971. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Crazy. First, first album came out in 1981, I think. Frost and Fire, followed by King of the Dead. They released four albums up to 91, then split up. And did nothing for 14 years until they were called back from um, the beyond, really, by um, a chap called Ollie, who runs the Keep It True Festival in Germany. And if you've ever looked at the lineup of Keep It True, the average age on any one day in the stage is probably in four or five figures. They are <laughs> so many old. <laughs> um, but they reformed in 2015 play this one-off gig and they got um Jarvis Leatherby who's the bassist from Night Demon he was the kind of engineer behind it all they finally finally released um uh their first album since 1991 which was Paradise Lost they released that in 2020 and with typical timing Forever Black came out about three weeks before the pandemic hit So they were meant to be playing two nights at Keep It True. They were meant to be doing this massive headline tour across Europe. That all fell apart. Um, But they've regrouped. They've played a couple of gigs, a couple of Germany shows. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I didn't even know they were doing it. They dropped Dark Parade. Um, For me, it's an album that takes me back to when I was 11, 12, 
when I used to listen to them because Tim Baker's vocals haven't changed and they're going to be real Marmite. If you don't like him, you'll probably hate this album because the vocals are the real standout thing with them. They are so um, divisive, I think. But the guitar work is fantastic. Uh, Robert Jevons is drumming for a chap in his 70s, I think is really solid. And I just really like the whole album. I've always loved this band. There are a lot of sword and sorcery. They've got album covers by Michael Whelan, who did all the Elric books, uh, which I was a big into when I was a kid. So again, it's more trip down memory lane than something modern. But for a band that had been around so long to come out with something which grabbed so many people, I think it was amazing. But there we are. Malta shop. Uh, it, it sounds like like um, bottled classic metal, doesn't it? It's it sounds. Um, I think I, I, it's not it's not something that I would reach for, but there's there's, there's a certain kind of classic um, element to this, right? Um, I, there's nothing unpleasant about it. There's nothing that I thought was was bad. Um, it's probably not a style that I uh, like. Uh, that much anymore but I, again I, I actually did did quite enjoy it um love the artwork um you can tell it's michael whelan as soon as you as soon as you kind of look at the 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 the, the, the work um and I, again that that kind of pulls me in but again it kind of sets it at that um of that ilk right in that era um i hadn't realized as i as i look back through them there was a there's like a 25 year gap between albums i think 91 and 2006 there's a huge huge gap between between albums um but yeah, it's it it is. Um, I think if you like, like you say, if you like that style, um, uh, it, it is just like uh, classic metal. It's it is uh, like I guess classic, almost like eighties metal, isn't it? It's it's exactly what it what it sounds like. So um, but yeah, it's 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 cool. It's not it's not an album that um, like appealed hugely to me, but it was. Uh, yes, it's it's um, you can I can appreciate it if that makes sense. Oh yeah, I was in the same the same boat really, but also the. The idea of it being a band that are at the end of their journey, you know, rather than a band that are in their prime, it, it felt to me like a band that were right in the middle of it um, mm. and really assured and really kind of, um, no, no, you know, know who they are and what they're doing. It was uh, Sacrifice to Me and Looking Glass. They were the two tracks. Very confident sound. Yeah, that's record, it. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. And I know what you mean about the vocals. I, did, I didn't dislike the vocals. But I could understand that some that that might be a bit like, oh, I'm not sure about about that. Um, and I've just spot, spotted on your notes. I knew I'd seen the, the the name before. It's from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I knew I'd. Yeah. Oh, see so your thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I love, some of the tracks really hit me actually. Distant Shadows. I love the kind of guitar riff, the chugging in that. I thought it was quite a quite a kind of chuggy. Uh, it's very classic metal chug. Yeah. I thought I like that. So yeah, yeah, bit, bits that I really liked actually. Yeah. I I love that style. I, that's just bang up my street. That eighties classic metal, love it. The vocals I found a little off putting. I, I didn't hate it, so you know, in, I can't say it's my mind. It, it didn't make me want to turn it off, but it did grind on me after a while. But I very much enjoyed that album. Um, yeah, uh, it's a winner for me. Simon. Uh, this is as metal as metal can be, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it is, yeah. If you if you looked up metal in the dictionary, there's a picture of this band inside. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not thrash, not hardcore. It's just metal, it is, yeah. metal, metal, metal. Um, I, 
for me, it's not great, but it certainly isn't crap. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, and you can just sing metal. Forget the singing; you can just make your own lyrics up to this. <laughs> just play any song and just go metal, 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 all the way through. There, it never veers off, does it? So, it? Like a lot of metal bands will kind of veer no. off into the different genres and things, and and it doesn't. It stays no, straight just, down the line. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's a, Right. Well we'll go for well we'll go for a winner on that one as well. Mm. And we'll finish with Neil's number one. Oh yeah, again again. I went with Overkill Scorch and uh it's another album that appears in people's lists. I saw um the Worship Metal Guys did a um they did a top five overkill um yeah. Uh, albums yeah. uh i think they they had it listed in in their um uh, their top thrash albums i saw another somebody else had got a, a social media thread asking for the top thrash albums and like like every third post was was um was talking about scorched um i think the the thing that hit me with this i mean it sounds exactly like you'd expect overkill to sound and and and, and that's a, a good thing it was out on the same day as 72 seasons from metallica um, which I listened to first and then I put this on and I kind of knew they'd released the surgeon before. So you kind of, you, you knew where they were going, right? You kind of knew that it was going to be like a, a, just a fast thrash album. Um, but I, I just fell in love with it more than I expected to. I just absolutely loved, love this. Bobby Blitz's voice still sounds fantastic. It's the 20th studio album, um, which I just think is, is excellent. Um, you know, uh, the standout track Scorched, uh, Twist of the Wick and The Surgeon. I love the melodies in there. Um, I love the production of this album. Um, I just, I, I, for me, it's it's the best recent thrash album for, for quite a while. I just think they're, it's an absolute masterclass in. Um, similarly, I remember when this came out and um, the Metallica album, was the sort of similar sort of time, the 72 seasons and boring. Yeah. You, and, and you, you were like, yeah, it's all right. It's Metallica. They're doing their thing. And then this, this drops and you were like, this is, this is what that should have been. This is not necessarily, you know, the, the, mm, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, it yeah. should have been, you know, that Metallica album should have impacted you in the way that this album. Did. I think it was interesting. The, the, the energy and the enthusiasm from the overkill crew and from this record is just, you can, you can feel it in the yeah. record. There's just so much enthusiasm, Particularly so on, much energy on scorch. That was, the, yeah. we played that a few times on the show. Haven't we? And the Metallica uh, yeah. record just sounds like, Ugh, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> uh, whatever yeah. do you know what i mean and it's still metallica doing their thing and it's still great but it's i don't know the energy level and the kind of almost that passion and commitment just absolutely bubble through from overkill and mm. and i didn't didn't get that from from the metallica record mm. so it's yeah I, I think in terms of it, it's kind of like a lot of your other choices for me on this other than the code orange which i which i adored that album mm. the others i appreciate them but they're not they're not necessarily things that I would sit and play from top to tail. Gotcha. Um but uh, yeah, it's great. It is it's, there's nothing up with it at all. There's nothing up with it. <laughs> so, there you go. Thanks, mate. Put that on the poster. <laughs> PR, put it on the marketing. It's not as shit as you think it might be. <laughs> the last if I recall correctly, the last track does sound a bit different as far as Overkill's concerned, doesn't it? There's a little bit Something else thrown in there. It's not just balls out thrash. Yeah, there, there, there's yeah, there's more melodies I think in this than in any other previous record. I mean, it's still very overkill, but it, but there are bits that where they slow down. Yeah. I mean, uh, things like Twist of the Wick, um, 
you know, and even I mean, surgeons probably a quicker track, but but yeah, they, they, they there are bits in here where they they're innovating, they're doing stuff they've never done before, um, mm. and yeah, and I think again, I, I, their, their production quality is probably better than they've ever done before as well. Mm. So yeah, yeah, it is it is definitely overkill. It's sound. I mean, I think it's Bobby Blitz's voice, right? You can't. I think you could put Bobby Blitz. You could put Bobby Blitz on a Metallica record, and it would sound like overkill, right? That that's yeah. He's got such a, um, a <laughs> strong voice, but. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, it, I don't know. There's, it just seems to be that they just got this absolute passion and and um, like fire in their belly, right? That Metallica just didn't have. Um, so yeah. But anyway, for me, easily, um, I say easily the number one album. We were asked to choose our number one album, and I chose a different album last week. So, <laughs> no, but um, but it is, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's 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 up there. I think it's yeah, it's a phenomenal record. It's, a, it's an excellent thrash album, as uh, it's from a from a heritage band showing people how it's done. Mm. Uh, like we spoke about the prong, and like we spoke about we obituary last time. Before you press play, you're hoping for something, and you press play, and you get that yeah. something, <laughs> and you're very happy. It's perfect. It's, it's brilliant. So yeah, I don't have this disdain for the Metallica that you guys have. Um, it's not, but as as a thrash album, it's, it's, it's well, Metallica's is not a thrash album. No, no. Uh, it's not a disdain but, for it. Um, I think I think it's just it just. Oh, Did we use the word boring? It's just it's just to know. I just get. I don't. It's not exciting. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? It does. You're wrong. But yeah, it, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, I'm pretty sure I know what you think on Overkill. Yeah, I love this album. Um, I played it before seventy two seasons when they came out on the same day. There was no way this was going on second. <laughs> um I think I think this is this is one of their best. I mean, I know Worship Metal put it eighth out of twenty, which I think was a little bit mm, yeah. low in the list. Yeah. I'd have put it in the top five to be perfectly honest. But then I often I find overkill are getting better with age and their 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 current albums actually resonate more with me. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a little bit more room to breathe in this. Things like Wicked Place, you can hear Blitz having a bit of fun. Yeah, great. Yeah. He sounds like really enjoying it, whereas I think the difference, if we want to go into the comparison with Metallica, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of fun in that album. I can see Overkill having a really good laugh when they're making this mm-hmm. because they are in the place that they're in. Um, this would have been one of my top five if I hadn't had the lists of everyone and I wanted to be a bit of an awkward twat and put four, five different tracks albums in <laughs> for my top five. Um, it's definitely one of the most al- played albums of the year. My favourite thrash album by a country mile. Mm. As Neil said, Heritage Band, loved them to bits and loved it. Simon the Miserable One. Um, not miserable on this. This is... Uh... Like a warm hug. Get in. Yes. Coming back yes. from the past. <laughs> isn't it? Um, it's, uh, it's brilliant from, you know, beginning to end. If you like if you like thrash in the 80s and early 90s, then I just can't see how you don't like this album. Um, I love Overkill. Horoscope, I think, is one of my favourite thrash albums mm. ever. I love that album. Um, it's, a, yeah, just fucking great. Beginning to end, um, I don't think it'll get any new thrash fans. No, no. But if you if you if you like thrash and you like Overkill, you, you can't go far wrong with this at all. But you yeah, should, and you're not going to lose any fans, are you? You're not going to lose any fans. No, 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 no. And it's energy, like you said, mm. energy just oozing through 
every uh, every song. Do you know, there's there's a, I think Love there's it. an energy in that in in the genre. Uh, I, I, I interviewed the municipal waste guys, um, and it was interesting talking to those guys. And uh, th- yeah, there's a, this kind of buzz and, and f- like fizz around around thrash at the moment, which like it's it's mm-hmm. not been there for quite a while. It just it's been a, a genre that I think is I don't know not ridiculed, but not not been. Fashion. No, I think that's fair. Not, it probably was not been yeah. fashionable, right? But um, but we, I, uh, and I, I don't know whether the, um, uh, you got out to see this, Paul. But I went to see Anthrax on the 40th anniversary tour. I think Municipal Waste were supporting them, um, and it was amazing. It yeah. was, yeah, it yeah. was the energy, and it was the energy in the crowd. Everyone was yeah. so excited. It was brilliant, and they had like, Anthrax had this uh, like video at the front, and they had all these people talking about the band and stuff, and everybody was just, you know. It was brilliant. I met up with mates from school that I'd not seen for like, you know, 35 years. Um, and everyone was like, you know, reliving the, the days of, of, of old. It was, it was brilliant. There just seems to be a buzz around thrash at the minute and it's, it's good. I like it a lot. There's lots of very good new bands at the moment. So there we go. We've done it. Hey. Again. <laughs> We've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> mega <laughs> quick chris chris go they're waiting for you <laughs> are they waiting they, they probably are actually be all right there'll be a guitar there'll be a guitar yeah. leaning up against the door when you walk yeah in. that's it pick it yeah. up yeah come on it'll just be a spotlight on that guitar <laughs> where is he a little sad face and little andy will be sad <laughs> <laughs> to be fair andy will probably listen to this and they'll go oh that's where you fucking were is it? <laughs> so there we are the Miserable Metal Minds Top 5 Choices and the Monster Shops Top 5 Choices. I am sure you did not agree with all of our choices, but that is very cool and that is the way it should be. Please check out and support all the bands we have mentioned in this episode. In fact, check out all the metal bands in the world. We need to keep this metal alive. Hey, not as well it's fading though, is it? We're doing quite well. We return to normal next time with guest Rich from King Kraken. Once again, thanks to Neil and Chris from the Monster Shop podcast. We highly recommend their show. It contains lots of different styles of music and lots of genres. Music both old and new. Stay metal people and see you next time. Ta-da!